Right on, right on. All right, this is a special uh, little segment we're doing for Uncle Scotchy's storytelling extravaganza. Uh, this is uh, a production guy Julio's idea. That's a good idea. Instead of just hitting everybody over the head with stories all the time, it's kind of nice to make it a little bit more personal and talk about kind of the talk with the, the people that are kind of the core of it and have made this uh, develop to what it is so far today. Up to this point, I want to start uh, with a buddy of mine, uh, Ben Kafopoulos, the owner of Bar Nancy. We've worked together before in the past at a lot of live music venues. Uh, he was nice enough to uh, allow me to do this, even though he didn't think it would work and, at, at all. He did it purely as a favor to me. So, Ben, why don't you tell him uh, how this, this thing got started? Well, I mean, obviously, this past year, you had to rethink what works and what doesn't, and the fact that we didn't know what was going to work, and coming together as a, gr a group of people and keeping people in line in a room full of people, you know, we always depend on live entertainment. I knew from the get that live entertainment was going to have to be dumbed down as much as possible because I know if I'm in front of a badass band, I'm going to get up and dance and be responsible. So when you brought this idea to me, it was like, before COVID, I would have laughed. This time, I was like, dude, let's try it. You know, why not? And, you know, we're reminded because of the whole concept that storytelling is the original form of entertainment. You sit around and listen to your elders or you listen to a friend. And uh, it's become so so entrenched in the, in the bars, one of the very few things we do every week. So I'm super stoked about it. Every, my partners are stoked about it. It draws a good crowd almost every week. And sometimes it's, you know, it's a downer. Sometimes it's an uplifter. Sometimes you laugh at some people. Sometimes you're like, why is that dude friggin' talking right now? But overall, it's, it's, it's super solid entertainment. And I think that says it, a lot, says it all. So basically, at first, you thought it was just a reason for Uncle Scotchy to drink for free on Wednesdays, and then... You did that before you did this shit. <laughs> Give me the mic. Uh, another guy that's been coming here, it's been a very uh, much of a surprise at how much he's liked it, and I've really appreciated that a lot, is a guy, one of the best musicians I've ever had the privilege of playing with, uh, my bass player, Marcel Salas. He's told a bunch of stories. He told some stories... They were funny, they were heartfelt. He's been all over the board. He told a story about his mother last week while she was here, that he adores her, and uh, about his lesbian mother. And uh, that's very close to his heart, and I appreciated that. So thank you, Marcel. Tell me kind of why you've gotten to really like this so much. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, honestly, I've always been kind of a storyteller. It's mostly outside of a venue, with fellow musicians, kind of just, you know, eating shit, talking about stuff, and, and stories pop up. And after years of that, like, some of these stories kind of start developing themselves just from telling them so many times. And uh, but it's different when you, get, when you, you know, usually play bass or sing backup vocals to just be on stage and talk. Yeah, I mean, I have to talk sometimes for other stuff I do, like a school of rock job that I do. I have to introduce things and... I think I might might have gotten a little bit more comfortable being in front of a microphone just speaking, doing that. So the combination of having to do it all the time, just talking crap with my friends, and then having to do it on a mic for official things, I just kind of put those two things in together. Um, 
On top of that, I think also, let's say like a certain night where it's a little slow or there's not that many people here or I feel like maybe my story's not connecting, I always kind of just default to you since you're my friend. I always just kind of go, well, I'm just telling Erica's story. Yeah, I notice that sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it's like my, you know, it's my default. Like, all right, let me just tell Eric this story. And then it comes out, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little smoother coming out just thinking, like, if, okay, like, maybe these people are talking or whatever's happening. But at least Eric is always paying attention. And uh, that's kind of like a, that's kind of like the base like, if Eric's listening to my story, then at least the story's coming out, I'm telling it to somebody, and then everybody else on the side kind of catches a more authentic version of the story, rather than me shifting it to whoever's in the audience at the moment. You know or don't know. So I'll just, if I'm going to get sick, or in case something like that happens, I'm just going to have Julio, let's make a cardboard <laughs> cut out of me. Let's do that, yeah, so that, that makes people feel more comfortable in case I ever can Can't make promise it, yeah. people won't throw stuff at the cardboard <laughs> or, you know, do, do terrible things to it, but... Right on, thanks. Um, Rio's a buddy of mine over here, uh, Rio Chavarro, and uh, he's an MC for Burlesque. He's an all-around entertainer. He's a Charlie Chaplin impersonator. What are you, the top three in the world? Or, the, or yeah? There's like tournaments to the death for Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Very quiet battles. Okay. <laughs> it's turned out to mean a lot to him as well. As much as Rio likes to listen to himself speak, he also likes to come and he told some really heartfelt stories, and he likes to listen as much as he likes to speak, and that's what I appreciate about Rio. So talk about maybe a little bit uh, your angle on this. Well, um, <clears throat> I love being an audience member, and uh, I, I love ingesting art through all my senses, and uh, I believe a lot of things are art, and this is one of the original arts, you know? Uh, we passed down history, you know, for thousands and thousands of years of humanity, and here we are at a bar, uh, just, you know, having drinks and telling each other stories. And, and you get to a point where you're like, holy shit, I relate to this person, even though I would never talk to this person. <laughs> or I would never, like, our worlds would never intersect in some way. Um, but now that I have, I'm like, wow. It's sort of uh, beautiful to be an audience member because you end up understanding the equality. The story is an equalizer. It's about like leveling the playing field and, and laying bare the humanity of, I experienced this thing. Check it out. Maybe I suck at telling it, but maybe, I, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it does something for one person. Um, and in the podcast, you know, hundreds, thousands, you know, which would be essentially doing the most perfect function of art, which is to connect and to equalize, to make us feel like one, you know? Like Juan? Like, you know, my friend Juan. You know, no Juan? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good answer, because I used to, at least uh, when I started getting into this, I would listen to the Moth podcast a lot. And at first, I would cherry pick stories that they would list that had something to do that I could relate to in my life. And then I just started letting it roll. I started realizing that, you know, I have a lot more in common with these people than I thought, you know? I love that you, in your show, this show, it's true stories, mm -hmm. right? And it's not clean it's not super polished uh some people are some people aren't some people you know but it doesn't matter it's so raw that it oh i can't find that in the moth or other shows or uh, other podcasts that i've listened to or really really good talk radio um nice. you don't get it you get it here appreciate that thank you man thank you Rio. now i've also made a new friend um the lasher they call her ladies and gentlemen alexa lash Stop uh, making that she's happen. a <laughs> 
She's a local musician, artist, and uh, I met her in passing a while ago. Apparently, she has my number. We don't know how she got it. Um, from trying to get a gig for another venue that I, I booked, apparently, so she says. Um, but um, she's done a lot. She's really buckled down, especially during the quarantine with her podcast uh, 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 and bringing musicians together in Miami and doing online uh, safe events when everybody's scared to look out the door. And um, she met a lot of people, and she got the courage up on her birthday to tell a story. And But she's pretty much... She's one of the cores of this thing, and she's been here just about every week, and I, I really appreciate it. So uh, give me your angle on this, Lasher, if you can. Stop trying to make that happen. <laughs> um, I mean, everybody has already pretty much said the gist of, of what all this is about, but at the same time, storytelling, at least for a musician, is such a different, um, it's such a different modus on how to express art, because I've always told a story through music. Um, the the instruments become such a crutch. Um, even having a band is a crutch. And then having to stand up here and tell a story about your life and hope that people find it interesting, it's one of the scariest things that I think you could ever do. I mean, you're telling a story about your life, you're try you have to be honest, it has to have happened. Um, and then you worry, I'm like, is my life interesting? And then you wanna do things that make more stories. And I just feel like this whole experience, I've gotten to know so many wonderful people um, my favorite stories have been from my new friends, like Marcel's story about both his mom and his dad. Um, I wasn't there for his dad's story, but I listened to it on the podcast later, so the fact that you're recording is amazing. Um, I can't wait to hear Ben's story. I've heard plenty of Rio's stories, and I, I just... And, and you, Eric. I, it's just been getting to know you better has been a, such a wonderful experience, and I feel like I made a lot of new friends and learned about your lives in ways I never would have done previous to this experience. Well, thank you. Thank you. Ben, so what do you see this? This is your venue, and uh, uh, right now, I mean, obviously we have uh, a limited capacity, and there's a lot of people that would probably be here that would like to be here. Um, a lot of B and C and D-list celebrities that I'd like to get here as well, but uh, that, that don't. But where do you really kind of envision this going from your perspective as a venue owner? Spot, huh? Yeah, I guess I really hadn't thought about that. You know, because it's going so kind of well. Um, I see it, you know, what you brought to the venue and doing a podcast is creating an audience that I could never have even done. So I hope to foster it until it's beat to death, to be honest <laughs> with you, like for real, <laughs> because it's a Wednesday night for, I'm being completely candid. Like we fill this room almost every week listening to people talk shit, it's awesome. So I'll keep talking shit, keep, I, I, you know, I've committed to telling a story, but I'm, and I'm, I've been a bartender for 27 years, so I took, like Marcel says, the, the field that I'm in, I'm, I'm constantly telling a story. There's gotta be 12 of them that have been so fine-tuned over the years that I could probably do it and ad-lib it, but I, now I wanna practice, I wanna plan it before I do it, so. And I'm probably still gonna stumble, but that's kind of part of the art of it too, is you can, it's a, it's a level, it's an equalizer. Like anyone can come up and tell a story if you got the nuts to do it. You can tell, and one thing you can't be afraid of is sucking at it, because it doesn't matter. You're just gonna come up and tell a story and if people don't like it or don't listen, it's over in 15, 20 minutes and you gave it your shot. Even with the, some of the ones that weren't the greatest, 
There was never one that was just like, oh, my God, we can't have that guy ever speak here again. We all got something to say, you know, so. As long as they follow the rules. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that more than anything. I think that's what gives us authenticity is, if, is the honesty. And going back to the, you know, it being really raw, like, if you practice it, good. If you don't and you still come out on top with your story, even better. But the, the funny thing is, is that we, from the very beginning, between every story, we end up going outside and talking fucking stories the whole damn time. Yeah, they've been like literally it's like story night. It just never it's stops. Contagious. So I don't know where this could go, but I hope it's two longer nights of doing it. And you know, we have a curfew. We could do this till four in the morning every week. That's that's what I would love to see, but that's up to the city. <laughs> so um, with between the international and global exposure with the podcast and all that you guys are doing i'm just i'm just stoked to be part of it and be able to offer the venue to you guys so thank you for doing it cool cool um one thing about this story the thing that i like about this night is it's i used to, even though i'm third generation miami for a long time i i didn't like miami and i always wanted to leave and the last few years i've kind of starting to fall back in love with miami again and i kind of i'm proud that it's a miami-based show and obviously not everybody here is from Miami because there's like five people left from Miami. But uh, there have been very Miami experiences, even if they're not from here. Uh, my favorite one from somebody I haven't known, which is you know, pleasant surprise, all the comics that have come over here. That have, uh, there's a lot of young comics in Miami that have been doing this. And this one guy, Kevin, I forgot his name, um, Haitian guy. To the, house the house. And how he learned English, but he spoke. He's black, but he, they played... Uh, uh, on his headphones while he would read in Creole, uh, there would be a, a white voice in his ear translating. So that's how he speaks, and he always felt like separated from the black community. And then, yeah, the whole masturbation, burning his house down, that was a nice, you know, cherry on top. It was, it was. But uh, uh, what's your favorite story, myself, from somebody who you don't know? That's messed up, because I think that was that the was one. That was the one, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, that's why I went right now. That's why um, I did that. I did like that one. I liked a couple of the people getting pulled over stories. Uh, there seems to have been a couple of, like, repeated themes uh, in some of these stories. People getting pulled over, like, I think there was, like, four by now. Yeah. The pullover stories are big. Um, I really liked the house getting burned down because homie was masturbating on the computer and didn't want to check the kitchen. <laughs> um, what else is one of my favorites? I, I think your mom's story is one of my favorites. Thank you. And you told it twice. And the second time you told, I think you told it twice because you didn't catch the, uh, you didn't get to record it on the, the podcast, first time. So yeah. you did it again for the second time. No, it's and an then, Alzheimer's story. I forgot I told it the first time. That's right. Dummy. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, the first time you told it, it was really heart-wrenching. And, like, I think it was one of the stories that I looked around and everyone was just fucking captivated. Like, there was just a moment where you were just in it. You were, like, you can tell when somebody's really in the story because they stop looking at the audience and they just start kind of, like, going in, you know? It's like they're meditating and stories are just coming out from their heart. But then the second time you told the story, it's like you revised it, you found the spots that were real strong, and you went further on those spots. You found a couple of details that you were like, crap, I missed that. I, I wanted to put that back in, and you put those back in. 
like if I had a chance to tell some of my stories again, there's definitely a bunch of details that were missed. Um, that's another thing about telling these stories is that sometimes you're on stage, you're in the moment, you're trying to connect with the audience, and you might leave a part out that was like an integral part of the story because you're just in the moment and you just skip to a thing. Um, when he was talking about preparing for the story as opposed to uh, just winging it because you've told it so many times, all the stories I told up to my mom's story, I winged it. My mom's story, I came up with like three pages of notes because I wanted to make sure I got all that stuff in there. Because when you're in the moment, you know, you're just kind of off the, off the cuff, off the fly, and, and you miss a couple things. But when you really sit down, if it's an important story to you, you really sit down and you like timeline it out. I think that's what you did for the second one. You're like, ah, here's a couple things that I missed. Absolutely. And it's like writing a song the first time and then you go and you clean it up. That's what it it's, is. It's the same thing. But for this storytelling time, you really only get one shot to do it. You actually are, I think, the only person that has told the same story twice. Yeah. And I would like to say that the second one was just as good as the first and just had a little extra to it. So. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Real same question. The story, some especially by oh by the way, the guy's name. Thank you, Julio. Kevin Benoit. He was the one that told that story. Kevin Benoit, the nice. great Kevin Benoit. Very funny. Um, is there one that kind of snuck up on you? Somebody that you didn't know that kind of left an impression on you that you can remember, or were you just really drunk? Uh, both. There you go. And also, I was uh, the only other person that read the same story twice. You did too. Because uh, actually, I did two twice. For the first show, we did. The, I did that story. Yeah, the, the, the shark come story. Yeah, the shark come story. Shark, shark come. Yeah, that. Da -da. Was it amazing? Ah! You know what? I I, I do want to go out on a limb and be like, um, I love the eccentricity everybody has in their own fader of themselves. You know, and that kind of ends up coming out out of them, perhaps they had a drink, perhaps they don't even fucking drink. But essentially, these little nuances of somebody you've never met before give you a clue as to who they are. And um, one of them was Big Tony. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people don't understand him because he speaks a little funny, you know? But I understood his story and I laughed and loved it and had a great time and I saw like, other people feel the same way, like, um, this kid's cute, and he's amazing, and he's, and he's, and he went through with the story, like, he stumbled a couple times, because he, like, sidetracked, and he's like, man, I get sidetracked, and he yeah, came he back. He hit me up for another one, he's like, what can I do another one, what can I do another one? <laughs> he's fun, you know, and his story caught me by surprise. I was like, okay, he's got a speech impediment, this is gonna be great, I love this guy. <laughs> no, I mean, I do, I know him, but it wasn't like that, it was like, it didn't stand in the way. It didn't get in the way. As a matter of fact, it made it so him. Ugh. That when you see somebody telling a story up here, you're like, there's a lot of essence pouring out of them. I'm getting like clues as to who this person is. Their inner life, a little bit, a little clue. And I like that a lot. Nice, nice, I like that, yeah, I like man. that. Alexa Lash, was there anybody that you've never met before in your life and you listened to this story and you kind of uh, appreciated it? Two. I count Marcel because we weren't friends the first time I saw his story. So I remember his acid story. I think he had two of them. And my friend Lily and I were just like acid guy, like before we even knew his name. 
Um, and then yeah. the second one, for sure, for sure, because I, I, I laughed, I think, the rest of the night. I can't remember his name, and you'll have to tell me. I know he has long hair, but it's one of the pullover stories. And, yeah, and he, he got stopped by the cops. Somebody had stolen his car or something. They got stopped by the cops, and then, um, like, they stopped them because it was the stolen car that never got reported to the right authorities, and they were, like, going through how they were not sober exactly and how crazy nervous they were that they were about to get arrested um and that i think that was one of the most memorable for me i, I really like to laugh um and i've cried a lot here because of you uncle scotchy but like, um because of your mom's story uh for sure and i heard it both times and the second time i i like i couldn't even i couldn't not i cry. got you twice you, you got me twice. Um, so the occasional relief, comic relief, uh, of a purely humorous story is, is kind of beautiful. So. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Oh, the trilogy from Susie. That was, that was a surprise. That was nice. That was nice, too. Um, I just want to thank all you guys for kind of coming and being the core of what... I mean, this is something that never would have happened if it wasn't for the coronavirus at all. I was going 100 miles an hour trying to play shows and doing my thing, and now I kind of have plans to go in the future. And, and as Marcel said, I'm a new storyteller. I've been a front man. You all know that. Um, I've been a front man for a long time. I've been speaking on a microphone in front of people for over 20 years, and I was horrified the first time I had to come up and tell a story. And I'm trying to get a little bit better at it and a little bit better at it to work towards a one-man show that I'm learning more from encouragement and input from Marcel, Rio, Alexa, and Ben, and uh, people like that, you know, Ivan and a lot of other people that have been coming over here. And, and I just appreciate you always coming here. I mean, storytelling is not an original idea. People come up to me, they're like, hey, wow, that's a great idea. Come up, I'm like, fucking cavemen were telling stories. This is the oldest thing. You know, this is cheap labor, man. You know, this is what this is. But, uh, but it's really cool. And I'd like to thank you again, Ben, even though, um, you know, you're giving me a hall pass and everything like that. Not only for allowing me to doing it, but just kind of seeing the potential and appreciating it. Um, I thank you. This venue, Bar Nancy, has been uh, a, a, a creative space, a safe space for people like Alexa, for Rio, and uh, my band and, and Marcel. So uh, I'd like to thank you and give a little a shameless plug to Bar Nancy. If anybody's in Miami, um, check this out. If, you, if you're not from Miami and you come in here, come to Bar Nancy, you'll be taken care of and um, treated like a person, especially if you drop uh, Uncle Scotchy's name. So thanks a lot for being here, guys. Appreciate it. And thank you, Julio, for everything you do. <laughs>